Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. I passed on my bad genetics when it comes to my eyes to both of our children. Uh, I could not see from about more than a foot away from my face anything. And he was talking about how he's got contacts now, but he's like, I think I might want to go back to glasses. And he's talking about that. And I was talking with my buddy this week and just reminded that I couldn't hardly see anything when I wore glasses and contacts. That I, I had a prescription that had to correct my lenses uh, they, they, my corrective lenses were so strong that um, I couldn't see, without them, I couldn't see anything uh, more. I couldn't see the clock on my nightstand. I had to pick up the clock and put it to my face. And, uh, and so thankfully, God uh, blessed me with LASIK surgery uh, over 12 years ago. And so now I can wake up in the morning and I just, I feel free. I don't have to put anything in my eyes or slip anything on. I can wake up. I can see the clock. I can, it's probably my phone now. Um, I, can, I don't have to worry about that hassle. But what's weird is I still, in, my, in a drawer, junk drawer in our house, I still have those glasses. Not long ago, I found them and I put them on my face and I realized, man, my, pers- my perspective, my prescription did, no, did me no good. It actually distorted and, and my perspective was all off. I put those glasses on and I thought, wow, I was blind. Man, I could hardly see. And I, I took them off and I was like, okay, it's clear. Clear again, and so here the I had these glasses. I still hang on to them. I don't know why, but when I look through them, it changes my perspective. It doesn't give me the right vision or focus in my life or in my uh, vision. And so I realized that in our life we have the same type of thing. That we uh, it can be hard to keep the right focus and the right perspective. So today, as we kind of jump into this series on Kingdom Come, we're going to talk about how Jesus identified the kingdom of God, how he brought the kingdom of God and what that means in our, in our life today. It can be hard to figure that out and keep a right perspective, but one of those perspectives in our life is to focus on the things of the kingdom of God. And it's hard to keep that perspective because there's a lot of polarizing uh, viewpoints out there. I think we can get caught in a political system, in a particular political system. We can get caught by looking at social media and we know our world really good at marketing and experts at, at uh, t- diverting our attention to this and presenting what we should be or what should be reality. And so it can be hard to keep the right perspective on the kingdom of God and what God is doing in our midst and in this world. So we can have, I think also there's this misplaced values that we're, we, we value certain things that maybe God doesn't value as much. We look at certain parts of our life and we make them a priority um, and we value them and, and they could be good things, but we still maybe just put them a little bit out of order. So it can be hard to keep the same and the right perspective in our life and the right vision and focus in our life. And I think the reality is the same thing is true about our view of God and the view of his kingdom and what he's doing. We can view God in the wrong way. We can view God because we sometimes just learn it from our, our pattern growing up. We learn it from family. But we can view God as a category of our life. We can view him as a segment. He's maybe part of our schedule in our week. He's part of, hey, I go to church on Sunday and sometimes that distorts our perspective of what God is doing, and it just, we got to reshift it. We got to get it aligned to what he says about his kingdom. Maybe we can mix up 
maybe what we want to do and the things that we think are right with what God wants. We just think, okay, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. And we get that out of whack a little bit. Our perspective gets distorted. And I think the reality is that we have to look at the kingdom of God with kind of a fresh perspective. So if I could just encourage you as we go into this series is to just pull back some of the layers of your preconceived ideas of God and really kind of take this journey with us to discover what God is talking about when he says that the kingdom of heaven is near. When God is saying, uh, Jesus prays in Matthew chapter 6, your kingdom come, he's, he's praying your kingdom come, your will be done. And that should be something that we live out in our life. And we're going to talk about that as we get into. I see, I think a lot of times we view heaven, we view God's kingdom as a destination that we're on the journey and we're on our way to get there. We're thinking, you know what? Here we are. We're living this life and it's a waiting period. It's a season that I'm, I'm just going through and I'm waiting for all that God is going to do or I'm waiting for heaven and I'm waiting for uh, that, that reward that I'm going to get or maybe not lack of reward. You know, I don't know. The Bible says maybe you're going to get uh, a bunch of crowns or a bunch of jewels in your crown or maybe just a couple, but either way, you made it. You know, I'm just, I'll be glad to see you there, okay? But we can see sometimes we're just waiting back, we're hanging back. But that's not the way that God meant for us to live with our perspective he meant for us to live with. He meant for us to live with, I'm not waiting for it, but I am bringing it now. That's what Jesus brought. That's what he brought to us. I remember a number of years ago when we lived in Minneapolis and much like Windiana is, it was a very windy uh, place and we were we got a lot of storms and I remember that a lot of times and it was probably one of the first places I had lived where we got several tornado warnings that came across and I remember a number of years ago that one of those alerts came over in our house we had a split level house at the time and uh, windows so we had windows like on the the half basement level and we're like okay where do we go and I remember that the sirens are going off and the tornado was right in our area right in our city. And uh, the funnel cloud was going. And uh, at some point, I'm the, I'm the daredevil of a guy that I am outside, like, looking. I'm, I feel like God has called me to be a spotter, you know. Like, if I could be a storm chaser, I would do it. But I watch it up until a certain point where I'm like, okay, it's getting real, okay. And I go inside. Now, to, to give you a, a little behind the scenes of my daredevilness, I was in Fiji on a missions trip a couple years ago. And uh, as we were there, we went through Category 5 uh, uh, hurricane. It was actually a cyclone. A cyclone is a hurricane that spins backward when you're below the equator. And I was outside during the 130 mile an hour winds, just peeking around the corner to feel how hard that wind was because I just wanted to get a taste of that force. But it sounded like a jet engine going over the house uh, as that tornado went on. But I remember as you go through a storm like that, you get to a point where you're like, okay, enough is like enough. We need to get into a safe place. We need to get a place where uh, we're protected and we're just waiting it out. And I remember we grabbed our whole family and we went to the hallway in our basement and we just waited there while that storm passed. And, and uh, thankfully that tornado never touched down in our area or right near us. But I just remember that we're waiting it out. And I'm reminded about, as I recount those stories, that that's not the way that God calls us to live our life. And that's not how he's put us and why he's put us here on earth is just to wait it out. 
We're not here waiting and just making do until uh, heaven comes, until we are made right in the eyes of God. No, God has said, listen, I, I'm not just pu putting a hope for heaven in there, but I'm activating you now to be part of bringing the kingdom of God. And I think this series on kingdom come is going to be a pivotal, pivotal series for us as a church, even though we're a newer church. And uh, I remember that even as God was calling Jamie and I to do this, and it was wild, and it was a faith step in our, our minds, we kept praying over and over for God to help us build a church that was going to make a difference in the world, a, a church that was going to bring uh, the kingdom of God, the church that was going to bring a greater impact, and we would see lives transformed, and God work and do things. So this ser series, as we dive into it, I think is important to uh, our church. It's important to who we are in our DNA as a church and, and what we are called to do. We're called to make an impact on this world that I don't want to just be a church that we sit back and we're just waiting and we're being entertained. But no, I want to be a church that's saying, you know what? We're in this to do it. We know that God's called us. We know that God's gifted us. We know that God's using us and that we have a part and a place in the kingdom of God. And so I want to live that out in my life. I want us to be a church that steps into that and, and leans into that. And no one talked about the kingdom of God more than Jesus. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. You see, when Jesus showed up, you know, and he, he was uh, stepping into ministry, we get a glimpse of uh, the first part of his ministry as he's talking about, uh, about uh, what God has for him and what he's doing, that he actually talks about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. He refers to it in both ways, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. He talks about it more than 50 times. He talks about it a ton. And he talks about it in a way that at the time probably didn't make sense to a lot of people. And I even think now that we can read the scriptures and think, okay, well, that was for then. But the people then are thinking, well, that's for later. But when we read about the kingdom of God, I realize that God has called all of us to bring it now. He's called all of us to be part of bringing it near. This is what Matthew 4, 17 says. It says this. This is Jesus when he's just stepping into ministry. God, God has for 33 years just been developing him. And, and he's been growing and maturing. And Jesus is now at the season where it's time for him to go public in his ministry. And as that, we capture Matthew the Gospel of Matthew captures it in chapter 4, some of the first words that Jesus says. He says, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, this scripture is important. I think if you were in Jesus' day and you heard him step up and say and proclaim that type of thing, and you were a Jew, Jew and, and you heard Jesus say that, you would think, okay, well, I'm looking for the Savior, but behold, Jesus is right in front of them. You see, in traditional, in the background of this story, in the background of this moment right here, is that the promise of a Savior everyone knew about. But they were looking for a Savior who probably would have come in a traditional context and would have come to establish a kingdom. Now, a kingdom is kind of hard for us probably to understand a little bit. We live in a democracy, uh, but a kingdom would actually be built on a king who had the best interest of the people in mind. 
And so all through the Bible, in the Old Testament and into the New Testament, we read about uh, kings and kingdoms and being established and that God established them. And uh, some of the, the leaders in the king's hearts were uh, leaning towards God and following God, but some of them were not. And here in this moment, Jesus is saying, listen, the kingdom of heaven is near. And it could be our, our mindset that that is we're looking for it to come or we're anticipating it to come. But the reality is that Jesus is making a proclamation that now it's happening and now it's going on. And now God is in charge that Jesus was on the scene now to make a difference in the world, that he's going to change the narrative. And what Jesus is saying, he says, repent of your sins and turn to God. It actually traces all the way back to Genesis chapter three. And in Genesis chapter three, we see that Adam and Eve, they sinned. They took a bite of the knowledge, uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that they wanted to be like God and know all things. And that was a moment in their hearts that they said they wanted to be all-knowing and they wanted to be on the same level as God. And they took away the rule of God over the kingdom. You see, God established the garden. He was the ruler of it, that he put man in charge of it to cultivate it and, and, uh, and to, uh, to grow it and uh, name things. And God delegated uh, authority to man, but we see in the garden that God was the ruler. And what Adam and Eve did in Genesis chapter 3 is they broke away from that, that putting God as the king and the ruler of life. So Jesus is reminding us here that we have to turn away from putting other things at the top and letting those things rule our life, and we have to put God at the center. And he's saying, repent, because the kingdom of God our kingdom of heaven is here. So he's in charge. It, uh, God uses us to bring his kingdom. He uses us to bring the kingdom near. And it's not our kingdom. We have to grow in our understanding of God's kingdom. It's his will. And I want to just kind of hit on a couple things this morning that are going to help us understand God's kingdom and really kind of frame it and break up some of our ideas of what it is. The, God's kingdom, first is this. God's kingdom is about people, not palaces. It's about people that, see, God is all about a kingdom, that its greatest resource is that God designed all of us to be part of the kingdom of God. The Bible actually talks about it a lot, is that we are sons and daughters of the God Most High. Now think about that. What does a son or a daughter get? There, we, when we uh, follow Jesus Christ, we step into a relationship with God that he says, it's not just a, a, I'm, I'm the Lord and the king and you're, you're my, you're my uh, uh, servants. No, he says that you are my sons and daughters. And so God goes a step further in that relationship. And he says that we inherit the kingdom of God through our relationship with Jesus Christ and through God. See, we're sons and daughters. And God's desire more than anything is that every person on this earth would realize their inheritance. That they would realize their destiny. That they would realize their purpose. That they would realize that God has designed and called them. And that he is their, he is their, their father. He is the one that is the king of their life, that if they would just come under his rule, that he has a way and that he has a, a peace about him and that he has a hope that we, that we can depend on and that we can call on. And the reality is each and every one of you were born into the kingdom of God. 
You have that DNA in you. All of us do. And God's desire in bringing the kingdom here and bringing the kingdom now is that every person would realize that. That they would realize that God is their creator, has a hope and a promise for them. And that's, that's our mission. That's why we exist as a church. That's why we do this is because, listen, we want every one of us to understand and realize that uh, we have an inheritance, that we have a DNA that's put inside of us. I love that in the recent years, you, you've seen all the DNA tests or ancestry tests. There's 23 and me out there. You can buy the kid and you can send in a little bit of your DNA. Uh, there's conspiracy theories that my daughter told me this week that uh, they're keeping a little bit of your saliva so in the future they can clone you so maybe you just need to watch out a little bit. I don't know, but uh, you know those D- they, you can send in a little bit of your DNA and they're gonna come back and tell you where you're from and your lineage and, and really kind of where your ancestors would have been from in the world and what percentage it is. And I know if I, I've never done one, but I figure if I did, my mom's maiden name is McGinnis, so there's strong Irish in our family. Uh, my last name, name is Champion, which actually used to be Champlain, so it's French. How's that? That's cool, right? Um, and so I feel like if I did my DNA test, I would probably be 40%, 45% Irish. I'd probably be 35% French, and then probably another 20% Bulldog, you know, just to throw in things and make it a little, because their faces are so wrinkly and, and tough looking, okay? So I don't know why, why, why that came, where that came from, but that just happens sometimes. But the reality is, listen, every person has, a, has that DNA that God's woven into them. We might actually refer to it as like a hole in their soul or their heart that only God could fill. And people in this world, a lot of times we just try to fill it with anything that will make us happy. Maybe it's uh, money or maybe it's uh, love or relationship. Maybe it's drugs or alcohol. Those things that people turn to in their life. And sometimes in a devastating way, they make those things, they're trying to let those things fill the gap in their heart. But every one of us has that. And so God is all about people and them discovering that, listen, they have a place in his kingdom. It's not about structures and, and a palace, and, and it's not about the place in heaven that God is preparing, but it's about the people that he's put in front of us, and that right now that there's a contingent, even right here in Fishers of the kingdom of God, there's people that God is working in their hearts, that they are all connected, I believe, and even probably in this hour, there's churches meeting all across our city, all across our state, all across our country, and there's a a representation of God's people and the kingdom of God and what he's doing, And, and our mission and our heartbeat has to be to bring more people to him, to bring people nearer to God, to help them discover. And I pray that as we have moments like this, as we worship together as a church, as we encourage and we celebrate and we come together, but you know what? The rest of the week we're sent out, that we're going to be interacting with coworkers and neighbors and people in our life that we have the chance to bring the kingdom of God near to them, that God has put us in proximity and in place so that we can make a difference in their life, so that we can show the love of God to them. That's what God calls us to do. That's how we bring the kingdom of God near. And that's how God uses each and every one of us to help establish his kingdom, to bring it near to every person. And God has called you to be a part of that. People, it's hard to us to think about this, but there's people in our world that are completely unreached. There's people in our world that don't have a connection to God. They don't have a, uh, they've never heard the name of Jesus. That's hard in our mindset and our, our thinking in American culture to think that there's complete people groups out there that have never heard the name of Jesus. 
God is going to use us to make that his name known among those people. We're going to have a heartbeat for people near and far to discover their purpose in the kingdom of God. And God uses all of us in that. So God's kingdom is, is people, not palaces. The second thing I want you to grab hold of this morning about the kingdom of God is that God's kingdom is marked by the miraculous. God's kingdom is marked by the miraculous. You see, Jesus, as we read his story in the Gospels of Jesus, if we discover his ministry and his life, and Jesus was here, and he was here to bring the kingdom of God, and he really flipped the script upside down because everyone was looking for a king that was going to ride in to Jerusalem on a horse, that he was going to take over with strength and power. But Jesus came, it says, to serve man, and he came in a, in a different uh, uh, mindset, in a different place. He actually flipped the script upside down from what people were looking at but he came with an authority and he came with a power and we see that all throughout the gospels that he demonstrated he came he he ruled over sickness and disease and demons and death and there's miracles that involved people i think as you read at that moment in matthew chapter 4 that jesus steps into ministry you see that he actually is turning the corner and the Bible, what we know about Jesus is before he was in ministry, he was a carpenter. But you don't read anything about Jesus calling down the angels of heaven to help him build some bookshelves. Why? Because God is about people and his miracles involved people, but that would have been pretty great. You know, he's like, man, I'm struggling getting the, this nailed or I'm out of nails or something, you know, and Jesus is like, boom, you know, God, make it happen. That's how my mind works, people. Sometimes you, you read scripture and my mind wanders. But listen, Jesus' miracles always involved the people that God put in front of him. I think we can't lose sight of the fact that God calls us to bring the kingdom of God. And when we, when we do that, when we, God puts people in front of us and we're obedient and we're faithful, that we see an intersection of the supernatural. We see God do things sometimes that we're like, wow, I never thought that would have happened. We see God heal relationships or restore relationships. We see God uh, um, heal disease and cure people. I think of the times in scripture that you see Jesus, he healed a woman that had an issue of blood in her whole life that she dealt with this. And she just grabbed, excuse me, the hem of the garment of Jesus and her faith in that moment, healed her. I'm reminded of Jesus' friend, Lazarus, who got sick and he died. And Jesus didn't make it back in time. They were praying and hoping for a miracle that Jesus would be back. And Jesus comes in his right timing and knew that he had the power to overcome death. And he raised Lazarus from the dead, it says. I'm reminded that Jesus was the one that prayed and blessed just a few loaves and fishes and he fed 5,000, more than 5,000 people in one sitting with just a few fishes. See, God does the miraculous. And it comes back to the fact that the kingdom of God isn't about our will, but it's about God's will. And when Jesus prayed that in Matthew chapter 6, he said, God, I pray that your kingdom come and your will be done. Not our will, but his will. So I want us to be a church. I want us to be a people that are full of faith that we'll see God do the miraculous. That we'll see God do the miraculous in our midst. Because God's kingdom is constantly marked by the miraculous. 
I want to just talk a little bit about something I've really been praying about and feel like God has been leading us on a journey as a church. And I want to just uh, direct your attention to the card on every other seat that just says miracle offering. This is something that I've been praying about for our church, and we're young and we're new as a church, but I just said, you know what, we got to do something to build the kingdom of God at an accelerated pace. We've got to do something. Now, as a church, we've already committed to saying everything that comes in, 10% of it we're going to use to support mission, missionaries and projects around the world that are going to further the kingdom of God. But I want to do something that is a, a sign of God's miraculous, that when he works among us, when we accelerate, we want to accelerate the kingdom of God and, and bring it near, that I just felt that we got to do something over and above, that we got to do something that's next level, that God's calling us to do something that accelerate and build the kingdom of God. And so I just felt as a church that even though we're supporting things monthly and you, you guys, as you're faithful to give, are part of that, and I, I thank you for that, but I just felt like we got to do something more. We got to make an impact in our city and around the world to help bring the kingdom of God near to those that need to hear Jesus. So on November 17th, uh, I, I'm, we're just going to call that Miracle Offering Sunday. And so don't mark your calendars and think I'm avoiding that Sunday, but uh, make it a Sunday that you're here to see what God is going to do. Uh, I'm just believing as a church, and I put some projects there that God laid on our heart to help fund th that are uh, Hope Center uh, of Indy that is helping women that are coming out of the sex trade and helping them understand God's design and love for them, that we're going to partner with them this, this season, and we want to give to them. And so everything that was going to be part of our miracle offering is money that we are are going to give away 100% of it. We are going to send it out to make a difference for the kingdom of God, to accelerate bringing the kingdom of God near to those that need to hear. Project 42 is an organization that's focused on uh, helping the 42% of this world that has never even heard the story or the name of Jesus. They're focused on empowering and mobilizing missionaries that will go and make a difference. And we're going to partner with them to help fuel. They're going to translate scripture and do things with uh, their partnerships to further the name of Jesus in places that are hard to reach or unreached. Then we're going to also partner with Church Multiplication Network because someone invested in Highmark Church to get this church started. Actually, a lot of people invested in Highmark Church. And so we want to be a church that is generous and paying it forward. And we want to be able to help establish another church in America where God has laid it on the heart of, of some uh, pastor or leader to, to begin a church. And we want to empower them and just help fund them in this season. And so those are some things on our heart. And I want, to just, I want you to pray about really what God has for you, the part that you could play in, in that. And so I, we just set a goal. It's out there, and we're gonna we're gonna pray that God does a miracle. And now, let me just say that is a that is a goal that uh, I did not just arbitrarily grab, but it's one that I prayed about and prayed, God, is this what you want us to do in this season in this time? And I wrestled with God a little bit about that. I, I actually, if I'm honest with you, I know a lot of people will look at church and think church just wants your money. Now I tell you, I don't want your money. God is working and through, through what we are able to give, though, that he is able to, we're able to empower and, and bless ministries that are on the front lines of reaching people. And so I just want to be faithful as a church to do things that are gonna, we're going to be intentional about the bringing the kingdom of God near. So we're going to do it locally, in our country, and around the world through Miracle Offering. 
You can take that card with you. You can pray over it and just pray, God, what's your part? Ask God, what is my part? What do you want me to do? I don't want, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have expectations of anyone, but I just want you to simply say, God, what can I do? And just pray over that. If you're new to Highmark, I'd just say, listen, just come and, and check it out. We don't, we're not here to just try to get you to, to give, but we're just really, we just say, hey, come and check it out and see what God is doing because we know that the kingdom of God, there's the miracles that happen in our midst. Lives are transformed. Uh, uh, breakthrough is happening. And we've seen that in our small groups. We've seen that in our, uh, in our, in our church, in our services. And I want to be part of bringing that to people near and far. And so that's my heartbeat with uh, Miracle Offering. So please take that. And we have all the projects listed there. And, uh, and if you have any questions, please reach out to me. But we need to make it a priority in our lives to invest ourselves in the kingdom of God. That's not just about money, but it's about our time and our, our heartbeat and our focus and our attention and what we're focusing on. Because God takes care of the rest when we do that. You know how I know that? Because Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Man, that is a verse right there that you can make a life verse. That is a verse that you can, you can grab hold of and say, hey, on Monday morning when I wake up, I want to seek the kingdom of God first above everything else. There's other things. I know, I know there's other things in our life that we're pursuing and we're seeking and careers and family and things. But it says, above all else, seek the kingdom of God and that God takes care of the rest. So a life invested in bringing the kingdom of God near is never wasted. It's never wasted. It has a tremendous impact, and that's been my heart. That's my heart's prayer for Highmark Church, that we would be a church that is built on bringing the kingdom of God near to people. So I just, I'll make it easy for you to remember. remember. It rhymes a little bit. It might be a little cheesy, but it will be easy for you to grab hold of. We're here to bring the kingdom near. Okay? That's it. It's simple. We're here to bring the kingdom near. Let me wrap up with this. How do we bring the kingdom of God near? Let me just give you some practical things. If you're struggling with this, if you're struggling, how do I bring the kingdom of God? What does that mean? How do I practically apply that? What does that mean in my life? And, and I, I'm not sure I, I'm buying in at this point, Don. I'm not sure I'm really with you, but I want to discover, I want to understand it. I'm, I'm willing to give God a chance in this. How do we bring the kingdom of God near? The first is this, is that we just have to discover the goodness that there is in the kingdom of God, that God has good things for you and for me and for all mankind, that God has a goodness that comes with the kingdom of God, that when we step into that, uh, that we discover all his goodness and that we'll see that that will inspire us to uh, be part of bringing the kingdom of God near. Number two, just align your heart with God's. What we have to do is then say, you know what, God, I need a, I need an adjustment here. I need a refocusing, and I need to align my heart again with yours. That God, your heart is for people and for the kingdom, and you're building it and you're bringing it and you're doing miracles. So God, help me align and shift my focus to get in line with what you want. So we have to align our, then our hearts with God. And the last thing is that we just serve and surrender as God leads us. This is an obedience. 
that we serve and we surrender as God leads us. We say, God, here I am. I want to be used. Ask, I, I, I want you to direct me and, and give me uh, direction on how you want me to serve and be, be a part of building your kingdom. I want you to speak to me. I want you to challenge me. I want you to, your Holy Spirit to actually in moments when I'm at work or having a conversation with a friend, I want your, your, your Holy Spirit to just speak to me and give me a prompt to know this is a moment that I can bring the kingdom of God near. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.